Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You just hit yourself <laughs> in the face with squirrel hands. <laughs> what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. If you want to see the little squirrel hands I've been playing with all day, check out our Instagram story at Gary and Shannon. Demand Um, for guns is up following a surge in shootings. Aubrey Sanders runs gun shows in Texas, says he's seeing a 60 to 70 percent increase in sales. He's run out of booths for gun dealers. Well, and it's not because people see guns and they go, oh, I want to get guns. People get afraid that the government's going to take their guns. We see that over and over again. That's a repeating pattern. Right. Um, There is a a new state group that is going to probably begin negotiating wages, hours, and working conditions for fast food employees. Apparently there's a strike today here in Los Angeles, San Diego, Sacramento, Oakland, that will impact McDonald's, Burger King, Jack in the Box. California has more than a half million fast food workers. 80% of them are people of color, according to SEIU. They said that about 425,000 fast food workers in California experience wage theft, unpaid work, minimum wage, overtime violations, paycheck problems, rest and meal breaks issues, and paid sick leave violations. Mortgage rates have jumped up again. Uh, Average long-term U.S. mortgage rates jumped back up ahead of next week's Fed Reserve meeting, where it's expected to announce another big increase to its main borrowing rate. It looks like Freddie Mac says the 30-year rate jumped to 5.23%. That's just that's up from 5.09% last week. But a year ago at this time, the average rate was under 3%. It was at 2.96%. But even in the 30 plus years that I've maybe 25 years that I've been aware of what a mortgage rate even is, 5% is still pretty amazing. And we've been lucky in the last decade that it hasn't even been over 5%. But that's a big difference on a 30-year loan from 2.9 to 5.2. Absolutely. But the first first mortgage I think I had was somewhere around 8%. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not saying I was smart. I'm just saying that's what it was. Um, Emma Thompson. Hope you refied that, baby. uh, We sold it before we had a chance. We weren't in the house for very long. Thank you for financial advice. Hope you refined that, baby. I'm not just an epidemiologist. I can help you with your finances. Financial analyst as well. (laughs) Um, Emma Thompson has said that that blockbuster sexual assault libel case uh, between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard was not representative of the wider Me Too movement. She's 63. She suggests that the court fight between them risked derailing Me Too unless women keep on talking. I feel like that's just a misread of of uh, exactly what happened in that case. Like it, giving um, Amber Heard perhaps, I don't want this to sound wrong, um, too much credit. I'm not saying that Johnny Depp didn't do awful things to her, but she also, by her own admission, did some awful things to Johnny Depp. Yeah, she. it was not a, a complete victim 
situation, was it? It's not going to be derailed by that. But in order for it not to be derailed, we just have to keep on talking. We have to keep on talking and refuse to allow it to be derailed by a case where two very, very, very famous people, which has been blown out of all remote human proportion by the press and by that's something that can't be avoided. Hold on a second. And listen, I agree. We covered it way too much. Everybody covered it way yeah. too much, but it was a nice distraction. It's their lifestyle was not blown out of proportion. They were crazy people living crazy lives. I mean, they, they were doing things that took us by surprise. It's not like we had to embellish the fact that she literally pooped on, on his side of the my bed. Side of the bed <laughs> was human fecal matter. All right, it's time for a gas PSA. We do these specific PSAs every year and a half or so when they pop up. If you're going to get a butt lift, first of all, your butt's fine the way God made it. Second of all, if you're going to get a butt lift, Go to a medical facility. Do not go to a home. Do not go to a Days Inn in Glendale. Go to a facility with a man or a woman in a long white coat. So Encino, if if I go to Encino to get my butt lift, it should be in a medical... Not in a private home because mm. Libby and Alicia have been performing illegal butt lifts and killing people. You're not getting to the meat of this matter, though. What? What does the butt look like? Oh. Shaking that booty. Stop it. Jacob. <laughs> you know what? I woke up this morning and I was thinking of this song. Um, and I was thinking it's been a few days before we played the booty song. I saw the booty. I don't like you. <laughs> That's him. That was him. <laughs> All right, we will do Shaking our that uh, small business shout out. When we come back, we're going to be talking the importance of cooking with fire, real fire, gas fire, big fire. Um, a couple things about this elementary school. Uh, uh, apparently, it was a shooter. Uh, somebody trying to get into a school in Alabama in Gadsden. Uh, Walnut Park Elementary School. Earlier this morning, they had a summer literacy program going on for 30, 34 kids. A sheriff, uh, the sheriff there said a police officer who was working as a school resource officer encountered this person who was trying to get in, got into a fight, called for backup. Other officers responded and they shot the guy to death. One other officer apparently suffered minor injuries, but all the kids are safe. Along those lines, also, we found out today that the school district down in Uvalde, we were talking about how the superintendent had not said yet one way or the other if uh, Pete Arredondo, the school police chief, during the shooting, if he was still employed by the school district. He said it was a personnel matter and they can't talk about it publicly. But in a news conference today, that same superintendent, Dr. Harrell, announced that the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District is going to review its security procedures. Duh. And that they are developing a list of actions that they can take to strengthen security on all of the campuses, which includes working with an outside agency to help safety and security and then potentially uh, hiring more officers to cover the eight campuses that exist there in the city of Uvalde. Well, on Thursdays, we like to jump into our uh, small business shout out. 
Well, we talked about the travesty of this motion floating around L.A. City Hall about getting rid of gas grills and essentially putting so many businesses, Korean barbecue, other restaurants, out of business, essentially, because they cook everything with gas. And it's such a key part of Los Angeles food culture. I don't know how they can do this. We wanted to talk with uh, Leo Lee from Ricebox. You can check him out at ricebox.net on social media at Ricebox LA. Leo, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, ex- explain just a little bit, what is Ricebox? Where did it come from? How did you get involved? So Ricebox itself is, we focus on Cantonese barbecue food. Um, the recipes and everything comes from our family. Uh, we owned a few restaurants in Hong Kong back in the days. So as time went on, as our grandpa passed away, we decided to, you know what, we need to continue the tradition and our heritage and everything. So we decided to uh, do that in L.A. So we found a place in downtown L.A. and we opened Ricebox in 2018. And we've been here since then. What was your reaction when you heard about what they were considering at L.A. City Hall? When I first heard about it, it didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, because in, let's, in general, restaurants require and live off of gas flames. It just in general, we need gas in the restaurant to operate. So when they banned it, I just didn't really quite understand the whole situation. Um, I, I do know what the whole purpose is, but at the same time, is when I look from my perspective, from a restaurant owner, it's pretty much crippling us and telling us that we need to really rethink what we need to do. And it's been hard enough for restaurant owners already. In general, operating a restaurant is hard enough. So the fact that this has become a new situation or a new hurdle that we need to overcome, it's just something that doesn't make sense for us. And eventually, it will just put a lot of business, uh, put a lot of restaurants out of business or it will deter restaurants from opening in the Los Angeles area. Yeah, that's one of the things. I, I Were you ever thinking about expanding and opening new locations? And if you were, doesn't this change that thought? Yeah, uh, we've been looking for expansion for a while now. But then, you know, things kind of, you know, uh, kind of uh, slow things down. But, yeah, uh, with this new rule and effective, it definitely changes our perspective and how we would approach things because, I, if I come into a location and they tell me that I'm not allowed to use gas, I'm automatically say, okay, no, well, obviously I'm going to move on to the next city or next location or next place, next opportunity. So it becomes a situation where people eventually would just move away from L.A. Well, let's talk about the good stuff. Your specialty is Cantonese barbecue. I'm looking at a picture of your bow right now, and my mouth is watering. It looks so good. What are your specialties? What are your favorites? Our specialty is uh, roasted pork. Uh, we are famous for our cha which is Cantonese barbecue roasted pork. Another one of my favorite is my uh, porchetta stew. I take traditional recipes from my family and everything, and I just kind of update it and make it into porchetta rolls so people, when they see it, they see a whole roll and it's really appetizing. It's really, it's like really unctuous in the middle, very rich, but then outside is very crispy. At the same time, it's, even though it's a pork belly, it's like really light. So. We, I don't know, I, I love all that stuff. But the thing is this, I use gas. I use a gas oven. Uh, I customize my, my gas stove in order to roast these items. And by the fact that I'm not able to use my custom oven for this cooking process, that means I can't cook what I'm good at. So it's really taking away my voice and my identity and what I'm good at. 
Well, Leo, we uh, are going to get some city council members on the horn and yell at them and hopefully change their <laughs> minds uh, because oh, what well, you well. do is great. Uh, it's a quintessential L.A. experience, and it would be sad to see uh, you and others go to uh, another city. So we appreciate you, and uh, we're going to fight this fight. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate your fight. Thank you for helping us. You can go to uh, Ricebox LA at Ricebox LA is, of course, where you can find them on social media. It's very cool. I, and we are attempting, by the way, to get the city council person on who has been pushing this. Came, came up with the motion. Yeah, I. I mean, on the one hand, I can understand if they if they narrow it down and make it just brand new residential. I could at least understand that. I wouldn't agree with it, but I can understand it. I mean, like Leo said, I can't understand it. The cost benefit analysis here is totally wrong. Um, There's it's going to cause much more harm than it is good when it comes to fighting pollution. Because that's their their aim, right? Yeah, because there's I think there's also just a general misunderstanding of where we get our electricity from. Uh, Because if that's the plan is to go from gas to electric stoves and ranges all over the place. Where do you think the electricity we don't electricity as wonderful it is as it is to get from the sun um a lot of our grid is not run on solar uh or renewable energy we're we're still burning plenty of fossil fuels to get our electricity well there have been more than 1000 closed door interviews 11 months of work in secret and the house select committee will unveil their findings tonight in a prime time broadcast when it comes to what went down on January 6th at the Capitol. We will kick off Swamp Watch when we come back with a trip live to Washington, D.C. The swamp is horrible. So government doesn't work. Come on, man. You're going to make this like a, a reality TV show. Corn Pop was a bad dude. It's always a pleasure to be anywhere but Washington, D.C. Hey, Joe. Hey, Esther. <laughs> a town all too clearly built on a swamp and in so many ways still a swamp. That's a bunch of malarkey. Somebody said, drain the swamp. I said, oh, that's so hokey. Keep yapping, man. Swamp Watch. You know the thing. Well, they are promising bombshells, never seen before video. Maybe some answers about what the former President Trump was doing as the rioters stormed the Capitol. And six dogs and a half dozen ponies as well. Catherine Falders is joining us live from Washington, D.C. to cover this story for us and for ABC News. Um, Catherine, tonight, primetime, first time we've seen an interesting primetime congressional hearing in several decades. Have they talked, Catherine, about why they decided to put this in primetime? Well, look, I think this is the first time that they're really presenting their work here, right? There's been questions uh, about all the work they've been doing behind the scenes. They've done over a thousand videotaped depositions. Obviously, they view this hearing as setting up uh, the rest of the hearings that are going to span the month of June. So it's a presentation of their work that they believe that the American public needs to see uh, in prime time. Now, we've Ask committee aides uh, this question, uh, what is going to be new? What are we going to see? They say it's going to be this connecting of the dots, right? We've heard of all the different elements of this. We've seen it play out on television. But their job is to connect the dots and, and explain why this matters. And they're going to do that through obviously showing dramatic footage from that day, never before seen footage. They have more than 14,000 hours of video Um, from Capitol Police that we haven't seen from the various uh, cameras around the Capitol complex. We should see that. And then we will also 
uh, learn more about these militia groups um, through one of the witnesses who will testify live here tonight. Um, that person is a documentarian named Nick Quested. So, again, a lot of, of new elements in I should add that we also expect them to show clips of uh, depositions that they've done behind closed doors. All of those, most of those, I should say, have videotaped, and we should expect to see some of uh, the former president's children uh, appear in those as well during this hearing tonight. So this information, some of that evidence will be new to us, the general public, but it's not new to the panel. What is the difference between what the panel's going to do this month with uh, this you know, the showing of these things, whether it's prime time or during, you know, daytime. What's the difference between that and what the final report is going to be sometime in the fall? It's a good question. I think some some of it is new to the panel in the sense that they are still doing their closed door investigation part of this, right? So while it's shifting into the public hearings, uh, they still are going uh, to do depositions behind closed doors, we believe. Um, They're still receiving documents, for example. Um, So uh, in terms of the difference between what we see uh, here and then maybe what we see in the report uh, down the road, there's questions about whether um, there will be any referrals of criminal activity to the Department of Justice. Um, It's also important to remember that the committee is already involved in in litigation and various different cases uh, concerning January 6th. So uh, even yesterday, a judge ruled that a former Trump lawyer uh, should turn over more documents to the committee. So they're still on a rolling basis getting more information, even as these shifts, their investigative work shifts into the public phase. And the arrests continue. Uh, Just this morning, it looks like a gubernatorial candidate in Michigan was arrested. Yes, for his uh, role in January 6th, he was here uh, the day of the January 6th uh, riot. So those, invest, um, those arrests continue. Um, we've even seen last week former uh, top Trump aide Peter Navarro was indicted on uh, contempt of Congress for ignoring their subpoena. So these things that you bring up and mention, I think we'll still see some of this, right? While the committee says is continuing their investigation, even though they're moving into the public space, the reality is, that the Department of Justice is conducting a parallel investigation. And that's not uh, going to just halt or necessarily be over uh, when the uh, November midterm elections come around. Catherine, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks. Catherine Falders there live from Washington, D.C. with the latest uh, on, again, these uh, the January 6th hearings. They kick off tonight in prime time, and they'll be all over the place at uh, 5 o'clock. We were talking with Catherine Falders about uh, the January 6th committee hearing tonight. 5 o'clock is when you're going to start to see, I guess... I guess you'd consider it kind of the opening argument, but here's an interesting here's an interesting figure in this that may or may not show up, um, and that's Mike Pence. Now, I don't expect him to sit down for an interview with the committee. That's not what I'm saying. But what he's doing, um, what he was doing January 6th, the sort of the final break that he had with his boss about whether or not he was going to certify the vote – is going to play an integral role in their description of what happened. It's that going day. to play a role in Mike Pence's political future. That also very, very true, because obviously his profile has been boosted at, simply by being vice president. But being the vice president who stood up to President Trump boosts his 
public persona even more for some people. So the Democrats have not yet ruled out the possibility that he would testify. They haven't ruled it out. But it's also unlikely. Now, Benny Thompson is the chairman. He says they are still engaging with the former vice president's lawyers at this point. But let's call it what it is. This is a, a popcorn party for Democrats is what it is. And I don't know how it plays for Mike Pence's future if it would be advantageous for him to show up and play ball with the people who are the anti-Trump, you know, supporter brigade. Yes. Um, I just I don't know who's advising him. I mean, yeah, I know I he's know. got lawyers. I don't know if, his, if the advisors are saying, hey, this is your chance to separate yourself once and for all. Uh, and lay it out and talk about you were afraid. There was even a discussion that he was afraid that the Secret Service was working with Donald Trump specifically. That remember they had pulled the car into the portico or wherever they were going to try to escort him out and, uh, to a secret place to keep him safe. And he would he didn't want to get in the car because he was concerned that the Secret Service was going to take him across the country and not allow him to be in D.C. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's coming up later. The House yesterday approved a red flag bill uh, in terms of gun control would allow families, police and others to ask federal courts to order the removal of firearms from somebody who might be at an extreme risk to themselves or to others. Um, Right now we have 20, I think it's 19 states and District of Columbia that have uh, red flag laws or whatever they call them. Here in California, we call them something different. A lot of states have what they call extreme risk protection orders. The issue is going to be at the federal level if this is enforceable. You can do it at the state level. Courts have held them up for the most part. And I think the better tack for the federal government, for Congress, is to incentivize states to put their own laws in place like this. Um, This is one of those that does not look like it would pass the Senate because of issues that come up with it like that. Um, the, the federal entanglements that uh, would result. Bernie Sanders is back, hitting hard up against the Democratic establishment. He sees the Democratic Party getting shellacked this fall. He talked in an interview this week saying you can't really win an election with a bumper sticker that says, well, we can't do much, but the other side is worse. He believes the Republicans stand an excellent chance of gaining control of the House, quite possibly the Senate. He says that uh, the the GOP's anti-abortion stance, opposition to more sweeping gun restrictions, may help Democrats. He warned that if they think they're going to march to victory based on those issues, I think that is not correct. I own one pair of underwear. (laughs) I feel like that's so accurate. In in Indiana, the governor there, Eric Holcomb, has a plan to return a billion dollars from the state reserves to taxpayers in an effort to help with rising prices called the Indiana Automatic Taxpayer Refund Payments. 225 bucks a piece. They are also on top of $125 payments being processed as part of an automatic taxpayer refund. But uh, that's nice that they care about nice. the people I, in Indiana. I know that Gavin Newsom has talked about something along those lines, you know, paying a check, whether it's a gas tax relief in the form of payments to people who are registered vehicle owners, even the electric vehicles who don't pay gas tax, but also um, the idea that you would give money to people to fight inflation 
is such a temporary fix yeah. that it, it's it amazes me that he would he would do that, right? I mean, it's your money. You paid the government that money, so he's playing with your money as opposed to Hey, you know what? In July, our gas taxes are going to go up another dime uh, per gallon. Maybe we wait on that six months or eight months. Something along those lines, which allows you Stop to keep talking sense to keep your money Stop before it goes to the government. About people. Sorry, we don't do that in California. Let's just make sure we keep electing the same people over and over again. All right, sounds like a good idea. Coming up next, we'll talk about gas prices and about the rising number of people stealing gas. Someone needs Jacob. Can you take the squirrel hands away from her before she hurts herself? These were a gift. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.